our scene opens as Agent Pike is pulled by his ankles. The breath is knocked out of him as he slams down into the cold floor of the glass mansion, dragged into a room with the door slamming behind him, swallowed up into the darkness. Breath knocked out of you. You begin scrambling to your hands and knees to start getting up as you're catching your breath, and then that's when you hear it. There's something else in the room with you. It's pitch black. You're surrounded in darkness. What would you like to do? Do I still have my weapons on me? You do. Okay. Um, I can't recall if I had my shotgun with me. I'm hoping I did, but... Luck roll? Yeah, let's make a luck roll. Let's do it. Okay. All right. It's a 44 under 50. <laughs> Not only do you have your shotgun with you, but it's already in your hands. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to activate the flashlight on the end of it and just start sweeping. You aim it forward and you see the door that is closed um, in front of you. And as you sweep it around, it moves over just to the side where you see uh, this leathery skinned winged creature standing oh, with like its claws in the wall. And it looks at you, cocks its head and screeches at you. I would like for you to just roll me a dexterity roll. Dex or dodge, whichever one is better for you. That's a 45 under 50. <laughs> All right, so this creature cocks his head, screeches, pushes off of the wall. You see the claw mark like indentions that are left as it pushes off. The wings spread slightly, and just that little bit of tension against the air gives you just enough time to roll out of the way. You feel like your vision disappears as the flashlight, you know, rolls over uh, and you kind of land kind of on the shotgun itself as you're rolling haphazardly out of the way. Uh, you hear the claws pierce into the wood at your back. What would you like to do now? Uh, turn around and start dumping rounds into this thing. <laughs> Just aiming for the head. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a shot here. Oh, hell right. yeah. Um, that is a, I think with the, yeah, with a called shot to the head, that's a 40%. I rolled a seven, so that would be a 47. My firearm score is 70. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and you're aiming directly at the head, you say? Directly at the head. I'm trying to I'm trying to decapitate this thing like we did with the sedan back in the Mars Core parking lot. All right. Um, I was giving this thing a chance to try to dodge some of this damage, and I rolled an 88% Oof. critical my failure. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So... <laughs> Holy shit. You're still in this roll. Uh you you roll kind of onto the shotgun and continue that roll to slam down onto like your right shoulder. Bring the shotgun up and you see you're doing so as it turns towards you and its its jaw just kind of opens up to lunge towards you and bite down and you put the shotgun in this thing's mouth and pull the trigger. You hear this splat as just everything is just you, you can't even really see it anymore and now the entire room has a red tent to it as your flashlight is covered in its blood but you see the body slump down and twitch slightly and stop moving yeah i think i think pike is still 
struggling to process because this has all probably been in a matter of seconds. Yeah. Getting ripped by his ankles into this room, falling, having the wind knocked out of him. He's gasping for breath. Kind of stands over this thing with the shotgun, waiting for it to stop twitching. And then he's immediately going to be like checking his face, checking his body for wounds, for any sort of scratch, anything. Yeah, like there's you're you're pretty sure it didn't even touch you, but you you find yourself checking like um almost feverishly uh cuz you know you know what happens if you're bitten by one of these and you look you're clean. All right. Um going to go and and immediately like at first, he's listening to see if anybody is trying to get in the door he just got pulled in or if he can hear voices on the other side. Uh, Go ahead and make a listen roll. Okay. Or alertness, whatever game I'm playing. Yep. yep. That's a that's a 22 out of 70. 22? What is happening? Yeah. You need to stop whatever what's this ha- is. I need to stop. <laughs> I need to stop. It's, it's, I'm, ta- I'm, 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 I'm accepting it now because it's not. I don't think it's going to stay. I don't think it's going to stay. See, I see. Yeah. So with a 22%, uh, it doesn't sound like anyone's trying to get into the room, but you do hear muffled voices as if someone was on the other side of the door, but they don't appear to be speaking in. They appear to be speaking to each other. Okay. Yeah, he's going to kind of like carry the shotgun at the low ready, like still keeping his hand on the grip and then with his offhand reach out and open the door. All right. Uh, You open the door and see before you the living room of the glass mansion you know that's not where you were located in the house Mm -mm. but as you open the door you see this living room and you see um, you're standing with two other people who are also standing in this living room Uh, Ellis and um, Andrew you are kind of standing in this room confused for a moment and then a door opens and you turn and you see another person looking just as shocked to see you what does agent pike look like so agent pike looks very much kind of like i i do right now he's he's wearing a a black suit uh white dress shirt the tie has been removed he's looking pretty disheveled at this point he's clearly been in some kind of um or a series of uh confrontations uh shirt is untucked (laughs) very much it's rumpled the suit is barely hanging on um he's probably in his 50s if you had to guess um or or at least approaching it his hair is is more salt and pepper at this point he's graying he's got a five o'clock shadow glasses kind of average in appearance average in height average in weight and just probably the most striking feature about him is these just almost permanent bags under his eyes where it just looks like uh it it, almost like a boxer it's just taking too many hits to the face he's just looks like a man who hasn't slept in recent memory as you open the door you see inside this living room uh two figures arguing with each other one of them is a smaller chinese man And the thing that you notice immediately is that he looks like he's wearing clothes that are about a size too big for him. However, you do also notice that he is wearing body armor with some kind of federal logo on it and the badge pinned to his chest. And to his side, he holds a baton ready to strike. As he turns towards you, surprised, how much blood would you say are you currently covered in, if any? 
Oh, after after uh, the red misting that thing, probably yeah. most of my upper body. Yeah. Okay. And with that, Andrew turns to his companion Ellis, and just sort of stands slack jawed, looking at you, looking at Ellis, just kind of freezing almost. Uh, his companion, you see, is a relatively like slim kind of swimmer muscled uh person which is funny because they don't swim um <laughs> i thought it, i realized as i used that descriptor i was like they don't swim but that's what their muscles look like um they're uh kind of medium height long blonde hair it's undercut on both sides and their hair is in kind of like a fraying braid down their back um dark lipstick that's been mostly smeared away either from water or wiping their mouth from fear or a combination of the two uh they're in mostly dark clothes leather jacket boots dark pants uh and where chen freezes uh ellis is in a very fighty mood reaches down into their belt and pulls uh, a push knife basically out of their boot and start stalking toward Pike. Are you are you part of the time loop? Are you real? Yeah, I'm as real as it gets, but he racks the shotgun. You're gonna want to put that the fuck down right now. Put that the fuck down. What agency are you with? With what what the fuck kind of question is that? And, and Chen pipes up just with his hands as he sees the shotgun in your hands. I, I'm with I'm with the Department of Energy. I'm a federal agent. Barely. Fucking DOE. God, what the fuck are they doing here? I'm bureau. I'm gonna reach into my I'm gonna reach into my pocket. I'm gonna get my credentials. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're the one with the gun. All right. He's gonna reach in, pull out his his badge and credentials, and and show them. I'm FBI. FBI. And with that, Andrew kind of calms down a little bit as best as he can. And are you pointing the shotgun at any at either of us or at Ellis? At this point, I think because he was he he he, you know, seeing that things are kind of escalating and not wanting to escalate him further, he's maneuvered the shotgun into such a way so he could get to those credentials and show okay. them. So the barrel's pointing away at this point. Okay. What, what, where are we? What are we doing here? What are you doing here? I was here on an investigation. I was here on an opera. Uh, they, I don't know what happened. I opened a door on the second floor. I was pulled in and one of those things was in there. And what do you know? How did you get here? Where do you, first, where do you think you are? We are going to go into our first little flashback here. Love uh, it. you hear the sound of the ocean roaring. And all at once, the ocean slams into the deck itself. You are pushed and slammed into the stairs. It slammed into the walls. You can hear the ship creaking. The wood is splintering. You hear the metal groaning as you're pushed through. There's just tumbling in the ocean. Tumbling, tumbling. 
Andrew, your eyes mm-hmm. shoot open as seawater is just spilling from <laughs> your mouth and your lungs. I want to get away from this fucking water. Can you stand? Uh, um. The camera stays where it's at and just watches the two of you get further and further away before you both eventually disappear in the mouth of the cave. The two of you make it to a what what looks more of instead of like a hand dug cavern of sorts, it looks like it has structure to it. You see bricks for walls, you see pillars for support. Mm-hmm. Some sort of structure deep, deep underground in this cave. And eventually you get to a doorway. You see it's an arch and it's a decent sized room with an arch doorway on the other side, but you see the floor is wrong and the walls are wrong. It almost looks soft. The floor is slick and red. I'll touch it. Does it smell like anything that I would recognize? Do you touch the floor or the wall? I guess let's start off with the smell, and then depending on what what gives off the strangest scent, we'll, we'll touch something. It all smells similar. Uh, you smell deep earth and iron. Okay, I guess does that does that make me think that it smells like blood in here, or is it more just metallic? Like old blood, yeah. Okay. Ellis, I think we got something here. You smell that? Yeah. And it I'll smells just... like the time someone fell off the trapeze. Ugh. And I'll uh, poke the ground with my baton and just kind of like see if I can scrape something off or maybe pick something up with it. I hate this sentence, but it, as you scrape it against the floor, it's almost like a wet carpet. Mm. You see the liquid moving but it's just this just damp, terrible, soft floor. You mean it's in here or the island at night? Yeah, and I don't think my flashlight's got enough juice to get us back out. The two of you make it to that archway. Whether you peek in or walk in or just look in, you just see what looks like a really old bedroom. In the next room, you see a large, like four post queen size bed. It's got cobwebs and like dust all over it. A um, little bit of mold. You see, uh, it's not, it's not red and covered in blood like like the pool room. Mm-hmm. You see a, a wardrobe that's been like busted and the wood is rotted and falling down onto the floor. And then you see what looks like a window, um, and you are looking into living room through that window who puts a window inside a house moreover who puts a house inside a cave on an island of nothingness in the middle of nowhere you bring up some really good questions Ellis (laughs) whoever made this place they've got a sick sense of humor I mean what else are we going to do right Find somewhere to sleep for the night, maybe. 
We gotta, we gotta stay somewhere. But uh, do I still have that walkie-talkie on me, or did it get swept away in the water? Uh, make a luck roll. Fourteen. Fourteen. You still have it on you. <laughs> um, I don't think anything's gonna come of it, but I start just flipping through the channels and holding it up to my ear before we go into the living room. Okay. Um, most, you don't even hear static. You just hear silence. And for a moment, you think it's not working. And then there's a little sound and you kind of put it a little bit closer to your ear and you're realizing it sounds like when you put like a shell to your ear to hear the ocean. I... <laughs> I think the thing that uh, Ellis and Chen would be arguing about in the living room is whether or not to keep flipping through the channels and the walkie-talkie. Like, Andrew's like, no, what are you doing? Last time, you remember what that thing said last time you, you flipped it open? Do you know what happened to Nails? You heard that, right? I heard that, yes, but how else are we going to find the fucking helicopter? I'm just, I'm just, I don't want, I don't know what, whatever happened to us to happen again. And I, I just think you need to put that, you need to put it down. We're not in a boat anymore. We're in a cave. It's dry land. What's going to happen? Okay, a tsunami comes and gets us. Great. There's nothing that we can do to stop a fucking tsunami. And I think at that point, that's when the door opened up. Yeah. Um, and now I'm going to kind of describe what this room looks like for all of you. Um, at some point of your choice, Ellis and Chen realize that the window they walked through is instead a large golden-framed mirror. And the living room you're standing in looks... It has, like, 1920s-era decor. Uh, you see a couch, a coffee table, um, a couple side tables. What would be a doorway into, like, a dining room, but it's been bricked off. It's completely bricked off. And Agent Pike, after you have come into the room, the doorway behind you is also bricked off. You're the three of you are in this living room, but this is the only room you can access. Once Ellis realizes it's a mirror, they're gonna go back and just try to touch it and like. Yeah, just touch glass. Oh. And I was looking at Agent Pike. Do and you mentioned that the the door behind him was bricked up. Do I see what happened, or I guess is it like I turn around and I, the next thing I see, I look back and it's just brick. Correct. You don't see it like being bricked up. You don't uh -huh. even see it change. It's just suddenly different. I think it's that, gonna... yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was thinking at that, Chen, Chen was, had a tenuous, uh, you know, connection to reality at this point. But I think at that, he's starting to panic a little bit. Um, you know, he's thinking everything that's happened so far is a dream almost. Like, you know, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. And then all of a sudden he turns around, he sees the bricks in place of the door where he thought there was an exit. And just like, he starts, we got to get out of here. We gotta get out of here. Ellis. Chen and Ellis, I would like for you to make a sanity roll for me. Cool. Uh, I oh rolled. no. That, that, that triggers something deep and primal inside Andrew. He rolled a critical failure. 
Oh, bud, me too. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Vince has all the fire tonight. Uh, oh, no. Jonathan and I shouldn't be allowed to roll. Yeah, yeah. I Incredible. Guess so. um, so, wow. critical failure means you take you you take the max amount of sanity loss that you could take. Luckily, uh -huh. that was only four. Mm. So, you will, you will lose four points of sanity. I'm going to just eat it for now. Mm-hmm. Love that. As Ellis, you're realizing you just walked through a fucking mirror, question mark, and Chen, you're realizing that the door that you just saw Agent Pike come through mm -hmm. is now bricks, and you're both just kind of having this, this moment as Pike is standing there, shotgun aimed to the floor. I think Ellis slowly just starts like pressing on the mirror harder and harder until you can hear the glass kind of rattling against the backing and against the like between the backing and the frame and it it seems like it might break at some point if they don't stop and they're but they're 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 not saying anything they're just like staring deep into the mirror trying to move it hey hey look at me both of you look at me we're gonna get out of this but i need to ask you some questions first i need you to think really hard before you answer and read between the lines if you know what I'm talking about are you with people that deal with things like this Jade, do, 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 do jade triangles ring a bell what do you think since you didn't immediately ask me what the fuck I was talking about I'm going to take that as a yes and princes are good. I really wish I wasn't <laughs> right now. Yeah, that makes two of us. All right. Like I said, my name is Pike. We were here on an op. We're in Boston, or at least we were. That's where this mansion is based at. It's the Glass Mansion. It was owned by somebody back in the 20s in Glass. Things got crazy tonight. I don't, time is now fucking weird. We had, a, we had a number of people show up from different time periods out of the blue. 1920s, 1960s. We were on a boat off the coast of Boston. Uh, old falling apart 20s. Just kind of floating. And there was some kind of a time loop. It just kept happening over and over and over again. What was the name of the boat? Um, the M. Mangala. Yeah. Is what, is what all, that's all that we were told. The name and the coordinates. M. Mangala. You know it? All this shit's connected. It came up before, but I was told it was above my clearance level. Wasn't it always? Have you encountered the the bat things yet? Bat? All right, the thing I just fucking deleted in the other room. These things are, they're strong, they're fast, they're bone white, they've got wings. They, right. the only way to kill them is to take the head off and they go through mirrors. And if you get scratched, 
if you a, a pinprick. What it's happens? over. You turn into one of them. Immediately? Takes time. I don't know how long. I only saw one of them do it. Okay, and then I'm going to immediately take the butt of my knife and smash it into the mirror. And try to shatter it. As you turn towards the mirror, it's already been shattered. The glass lays at your feet. And you're noticing the walls are aged now. And all of you, you're not aware of when it changed. But you are standing in a waterlogged and burnt house. The walls are black. The floor is black. The wood is warped. The windows are boarded up. And the doorways are no longer bricked. And this is more like what it was when I came in? Yes, this is what you recognize. Okay. Okay, this is more like it. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Something's happening here. Something always has to be happening. Ugh. Yeah, Chen, it's life. Things happen all the time. <laughs> Not like this. Not like this. To us, they do. Oh, time, time out. How long have you all been with the program? Oh, years. Oh, about a month. Fuck my life. Okay. You're going to listen to program. Longer than you've been alive, kid. You are going to listen to what I say. I'm and you're going to fall. Fuck you. You are going to listen to every word I say. You're going to follow my orders. And I will hopefully get you out of here alive. Understand? And, and Chen kind of falls into this. Uh, he's used to taking orders. So for him, it's pretty natural. Like, absolutely, absolutely. You seem to know the most about any of this. Um, I just got to ask you, you you happen to have a side arm, side arm or something? Uh, mine got lost in the uh, the whirlpool, the tsunami. Yeah, yeah. And he'll he'll go to his, uh, his hip holster and pull out a, a Glock sidearm and hand it off to you. You got a weapon, Alice? Alice reaches down into their boot and pulls out like two more throwing knives, another push knife. And at their side, you can see what looks like it's a bowling ball pin that's been um, shaved down to be a pretty gnarly looking club. It's got some like dings in it and scrapes. I'm not one for explosions. Who are you with? A circus. Yeah. Are you fucking not quite the <laughs> No. This is uh this is what my life is now. Weird shit happened. Some people in suits said, Hey, you can work with us or you can die, and I said, Okay. And now here I am in a cave house that was once a twenties house, <laughs> and an old man is telling me what to do. This is great. I love my life. <clears throat> yeah, we went okay. in a cave. I don't know if you caught that detail. We were going into a cave because we washed up on a beach because he almost died in a whirlpool. I can't fucking swim. Only the gods know how I survived that shit. And then I dragged his ass up a hill into a cave where we found a pool of blood under an arch. And then we went through there. 
and we found a house. House in a cave. And now we're here. What the fuck? I hate it here. What was the objective for the Mangala? Find out what happened, basically, because... Oh, yeah, another fun detail we left out. Um, they got a distress call at a police station. And all they heard at the police station was uh, the sounds of people screaming. And then, oops, all the people in the police station died. Like, a cab, but what the fuck? Boston? Yeah, Boston. Christ, okay, it's spreading. What do you mean it's... What the fuck does that mean? I mean, originally, the only problem was the fact that we had these fucking old-timers show up out of nowhere, and we had to debrief them, we had to secure them, bring them back for debriefing, we did that. Then we got orders to go to the house, we went to the house. I got dragged by my fucking ankles into that room, and now I'm here with you. But so if it's starting to affect... You have more people. Yeah, it was me and three others. And then the friendlies. Well, great. We just find them and we're good. We walk out of the stupid fucking house. Where are they? If I were a betting man, they're not here. We're somewhere else. We're unstuck. Are we in another fucking time loop? Something. Something like that, yeah. Here is the house change as we've been talking again. The house has not changed, but as you say something like that, all of you, uh, and all of a sudden you're standing in a hallway of like a hospital or something. You see white walls on both sides of you. You see harsh panels of light above you, linoleum floors, and you hear the squeaking of a cart's wheel as it is rolling down the hall. All of you kind of glance over to it, and you notice that nobody is pushing this cart. It is just one solid speed moving down the hall. And then you notice something worse. The, the person or the thing underneath the sheet is pushing it with impossibly long arms that are reaching down to slap against the linoleum one after the other after the other at an impossible angle and you wonder what could be underneath you watch as it rows past you eventually the slapping of the palms disappear as it gets too far away to hear i, I, I would think... like for all of you to make a sanity roll please that's that's fair yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, the fuck? I have to make a real one in real life. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, uh, man. 82 over 50? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. under 42. Barely. 30 under 55. All right, that failure is just going to be one point of sanity loss. Yeah. Uh, as, I mean, your jaws are dropped as you watch this happen. The slapping and the squeaking of the wheel eventually disappears. I, I think uh, Chen, as he sees this, just starts uncontrollably laughing. Just like, <laughs> of course, of course. I immediately go and like wrap my arms around him and like cover his mouth. Shut up. <laughs> you saw that, right? You saw that. What the fuck? 
I think there's this moment where it's quiet and then you begin hearing the squeaking and the slapping again. And you see it is sprinting back in your direction. What would you like to do? Um, Are the arms fucking bone-ass white? Uh, no. They look like, I mean, they're, they're pale. They're definitely, like, they look like a dead person's arms. But they're just very, very long. I, they have elbows? I, yeah. How far away am I from the from the 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 cart? Um, still pretty far. It's just now coming back into view, but it is moving quickly and okay. in your direction. I'm, I'm gonna wait for it to get I'm gonna I'm gonna move forward and wait for it to get within distance and then I'm I'm gonna kick it over. <laughs> That's Amazing. Not what I was gonna do. What yeah. are the other two? Are you wanting to prepare anything? I'm just gonna try and stay out of the way of this one. <laughs> if uh, Agent Pike looks like he's about to do something, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get out, get in his way. I'm gonna ready myself behind him should his kick go poorly. Um, to <laughs> it, I, essentially kneecap it, but at the elbows with my beautiful uh, my bowling pin clutch. Beautiful. I love that. All so right, much. Uh, Agent Pike. I would like for you to make whatever sort of role are you wanting to. Or is this more of like a um, unarmed combat sort of thing that you're going for? Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking awesome. unarmed combat. Okay. Yeah, you hear just really quick squeak, 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 squeak as the slaps just come harder and harder as it is hauling ass Let, towards you. Let's Big enjoy ball. this while it lasts, folks. Uh, that's a that's a five out of 60. Thanks. Jesus Christ. Fuck, yes. <laughs> okay. Sprinting towards you. Tell me what this looks like. Um, as it's sprinting towards me, I just, I kind of, like, there's a moment where Pike just kind of freezes as his brain runs through every scenario he's ever been in trying to find a similar experience to relate to, to just make sense of this and finding nothing. It's just like, okay, like moves forward and just, just fucking, fucking yeets this thing, just (laughs) full on donkey kicks this thing over and immediately has the shotgun down and trained at whatever's underneath that sheet. Yeah, all of you watch, and um, I think Ellis like has has this makeshift club ready to go, and you hear this loud clanging sound as this card is like it slams into you just as much as you slam into it, and tips over. You see the sheet fall off. You see the uh, the whole card itself falls over, and you see two arms flop down onto the floor, connected to nobody. Fuck that, man. That's not cool. Absolutely fuck you, my guy. <laughs> oh, God. And then you hear, uh, and you are standing in a very old apartment building Why of some sort. I know. You see all around you that the walls and the furniture are not right. You see chairs that are melted into the floor. You see a staircase built into the walls, doors that are sticking half in and half out of the ceiling. Everything is wrong, but no wood is splintered, no glass is shattered, and you hear the distant sound of metal hitting metal. Ping! 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 What would you like to do? So, Agent Pike, you've seen this before, right? You know how to get us out of this, right? This, whatever this is, you know, right? Absolutely not, no. But I, I thought you said you were going to get us out of here. 
Yeah, but we're kind of figuring this out together, bud. Do we just sit here and wait for it to change again, or do we go towards the terrifying blacksmithing? We go towards terrifying blacksmithing. Fuck, I was really hoping you weren't going to say that. Ever onward. Just uh, stick with me. All right. Shock All right. Moving forward. Middle, uh, and go in the back. Okay. All right. And you are moving towards the sound of this metal hitting metal. And eventually, as you round a corner, you can see it's still this just really old looking apartment building, but you can see a woman standing with a frying pan in her hand, hitting the railing of a staircase, rhythmically. Ma'am? She stops. And you just hear, she doesn't turn to look at you, she's still facing away from you, and you just hear, have you seen your ending yet? Every night. That was a rhetorical question, right? Where are we, ma'am? And she seems to not have an answer to the question. That or maybe she just doesn't want to answer. She's sitting there. She's no longer hitting the railing, but you see her shoulders kind of moving slightly as if she's laughing. And then she says, have you seen your ending yet? and just kind of turns her face like just barely in your direction and you see just this absolutely rotted skin. Everything that you can see is just decayed as she is turning in your direction. And then you hear, uh, and you're standing in a storage unit. The lights flicker and are dim at best and you see dingy walls and weird smells with no apparent exit in sight. It's not that it's a long hallway or anything. You only see two units on each side and then brick walls in front of you and brick walls behind you. No doors, just the doors of these units themselves. Looking at these units, you see numbers written across like written on top of each of the doors, you see the number three, the number four, the number seven, and the number nine. What were the numbers that Dr. Sanford Clark had on his arm? Ellis, do these numbers seem familiar to you? Seven, three, four, nine, it was the number station. I'll say as you're thinking, what were those, what were those numbers? And then Ellis says seven, three, four, nine. Yeah, that was, that was exactly, that was exactly what was written on Sanford Clark's arm. Seven three four nine. Oh, okay. we put it on a number station. Um, Is that the order we open these in? Are they green boxes? They might be. Doctor Sanford Clark. He was. He was with us. He um, he had a conversation with this Arthur Glass, the the man that I. I'm starting to think maybe behind all this, the man who built that house that we were in. He told him to remember these numbers that they were important. Seventy three forty nine. We heard him on the on the on the walkie. I was flipping through channels in seventy three forty nine. Like that, not like seven three four nine. It was seventy three forty nine. No, it, it was seven three four nine. Seven three 
four, nine. And these um, units, it's like there's four of them. One is seven, one is three, one is four, one is nine. Correct. Okay. We can't all go in the same one. But we can't hit all of them if there's only three of us. So which one do we leave out? How do we choose which one we leave out? And Andrew's going to try some of the knobs just to see if they're locked. Like, are any of these locked or open? Which one do you try? I'll put my hand on seven. Like the first okay. one in the sequence. It's good. Okay. Um, you can tell these don't appear to be locked. Uh, but as soon as you touch it, you feel your mind loosen slightly. Uh. It's going to cost you something to enter into these doors. Uh, go ahead, and I will allow you to make... Do you have anything in a cult? I do not have anything outside of the normal 10%. Yeah, Andrew oh. barely believes in there any of this stuff at all, so he is not in any way thinking that this is a cult-related that's fair. So maybe you maybe you get a little busy when when you touch that specific yeah. door. Yeah, and I think Andrew would stumble back, just like a hand to his head. Ugh. All right, just a uh, maybe just something. I think I got tossed around a little bit. I I'm okay, but I don't think the door was locked. Okay. All right. Um. I will allow for both Pike and Ellis to make occult rolls if you'd like. Oh, okay. That's generous. Thank you. 43 under 50. Oh. Uh, first failure of the night. That's a, that's a 72. Okay. Um, so, Ellis, as you're kind of watching, you, you see Chen's reaction to one of the doors, and I think even just being near you kind of stick one hand towards one door one hand towards another door you feel almost different resistances to each one you just feel this like pulse coming from them but you also feel the one with the highest res resistance to it it's gonna cost the most but you think it'll tell you the most as well uh, this is gonna sound insane. Have a load of this, boys. I can sense... <laughs> this sounds stupid. I can sense how hard it is to open these doors. And the ones that are harder to open are the ones that will tell us the most, but it's gonna cost a lot. I'm okay going through a high-cost one. If we want a lot, if we want to know a lot, I'm okay getting a little fucked up about it. I can tell you which ones to open that will be worth it. I'll do the hardest one though. I'm fine with that. I can't ask you to do that. You're not asking me to do it. I'm volunteering for it. I know what I signed fucking up for. All right, do me a favor. Test them. See which ones give you the most resistance. Okay. Ellis is not a person who, as a kid, didn't try to see if they had telekinesis. <laughs> did they try to see if they could do it last week, too? Absolutely, they did. Um, so Ellis is, like, full, like, Jean Grey, just, like, 
doing all the like extra hand motions because it makes them feel rad as hell. Um, <laughs> and you can Whoa. see that like there is fear there, but there's like a little part of them that's still like a like a like a teenage goth being like, oh fuck yeah, I have special motherfucking powers, gay. <laughs> what is uh, Chen's reaction to this? Chen is honestly waiting for Pike to make the right call. He's thinking, you know, Agent Pike says he knows what he's doing. We got we got to make some hard choices here, and he doesn't have enough information to make that call. So he's gonna kind of sit this one and just kind of say, you know what you're doing. Tell me where to go. Okay. Ellis, you are figuring out that door number nine is going to be the hardest to get through. And then seven. And then four. It's It kind of it goes in order there. Door three, you don't feel that much resistance to it at all, but there's something that... There's something... I guess the best way to put it is boring about that. You don't feel like you'll learn anything new from that door, but maybe. Descending numerical order is how much resistant there is. Nine is the hardest. Seven, four, three feels boring as hell. I feel like if we Perfect. go in there. Thanks. <laughs> what? No, no, just, just, Chen just like makes a comment. Oh, that's perfect. Great. Send me through that one. You won't learn anything new, dummy. If you want to be a baby, go through four. Pike, you can take seven because it's in the middle. I can take nine. You good with that? Yeah. Okay. Chen, you good with that? I'll take four. All right. Brave little boy. Hey. <laughs> All right, so are we going through these doors? We are. And as, as they kind of all reach down to like grab the handles, Pike looks at each of them and says, "See you on the other side." And all in different uh, rooms after this. Yep. See you all soon. All right, and you all open your respective doors. Uh, Chen, mm -hmm. you are going to lose four points of sanity. Neat. You stand in the dark. There is a torch in your hand, and the flames are lighting up the area around you. Your eyes are slowly adjusting to show you the faces of the creatures that surround you. Okay. These terrible, winged creatures. Teeth long and sharp. Eyes beady and void of pupils. And your heart seizes and your throat closes as white-hot fear springs down your spine, but the creatures don't move. And you hear a voice. A voice that sounds like multiple voices, like dual vocal cords are being used. Not masculine, not feminine, but both and none at the same time. You hear, almost as if it's coming from inside of your own head, but also echoing out of the darkness. Some humans are closer to the truth than others. Some are able to open doorways, but it is such a foolish thing to do. These creatures you've seen, 
The creatures you've been plagued by, they were summoned by humans to stop the terrors that the humans themselves created. Just to be massacred by them. And trap them in the endless world without doors they have opened and created through their violence and carelessness. No book or spell is going to help you now. It's too late. The world is without doors to close and keep the places separated. Only windows and loose reflections brought on by the selfishness of humans while you blame the creatures or the macabre spells you've created. But it's all your fault. Agent Pike, you lose seven points of sanity. Permission to project. Go for it. Okay, here we go. Uh, it's going to be a 1d4. All right, it's two. That's still five. So okay. temporarily insane. Okay. We will deal with that in a moment. We shall. You stand in a dark void. The ticking of a grandfather clock ticks loudly around you. Tick, tock, tick, tock. It echoes off of the non-existent walls and the sound of your breathing echoes around you too, as if you were standing in a large metal chamber. You hear the same dual voice that Chen heard. Multiple voices at once, speaking seemingly into your brain itself. Humans misunderstand so many things. It's hard for you as people to accept new truths because of your religions and your laws and your ways of life and your science. You have a saying that I cannot understand because it is so incredibly false. Your saying goes, it is what it is. I don't know what that means. You think time is linear. You think cause comes before effect, but it's not a straight line like you seem to believe. Cause doesn't always happen before effect, but because of effect. It is because it was. It will be because it is. And you're running out of time because you have already spent an eternity here. Ellis. How many points of sanity are you away from your breaking point? Two. You lose nine points of sanity. Hot. Oof. Can I project a little? Two. Sorry, Chen. Okay. So you lose seven points of sanity. Uh, you see nothing. Not darkness, not the absence of things, but nothing. And then a voice speaking to you in dual vocal cords, although you're not entirely sure if it's speaking in English or if it's just making itself use a language that your brain can understand. You hear, The human brain cannot think up things that don't exist. Some claim that is false. Some ask how an artist can draw a monster that he's never seen, but the answer is he has seen it. In a dream 
or perhaps behind him in a mirror. In the corner of his eye, just out of view as he turns to look, when he thinks he feels something brushing up against his leg, but nothing is there. The human brain cannot make up something new to it. Every terrible thing from every creator's imagination exists somewhere. Nothing has been what it seems. Open your minds. Stop trying to fight it. Think. Adapt. React. And then you see now where the voice is coming from. You see a humanoid figure kind of step out of this void so that it is all that exists. You see what looks to be like a black suit. You see a pale, bald head, and you see a face that looks like a porcelain mask has melted into it. There are no eye sockets, no mouth. You see where a mouth would be, but there's nothing to separate the lips. It looks like a blank white mask, a faceless being. And you hear the voice again. And you know the voice is coming from this being. You see the jaw move, but there are no lips to part as the skin just stretches. Soon, you will have to make a choice. Join my collection, and it motions, and you see thousands of faceless appear in the void before it. Or find a way out. And I assure you, the only way out through. All of the other faceless are beginning to disappear, like sinking back into the void that surrounds you and surrounds them, leaving just the one left. And while it doesn't have eyes, it is staring into you. You can feel almost as if, almost as if it's, it's seeing every memory you've ever had, seeing every thought you've ever had, every secret you've ever tried to keep, it is reading you. You see it, its head kind of moving down, cocking over to one side, then to another. It feels like you've been here for an eternity. There's a moment where you feel fear for a second, because you're not, how long have you been here? How long have you been here with this faceless just staring at you? Why can't you speak? You can feel your throat tightening as if you're trying to say something. And then you feel this analysis or whatever whatever this thing is doing. You feel it stop, almost as if you can feel it retract from you. Still looking you over. And then softly, gently, almost as if you were waking up from a peaceful dream, you all open your eyes and you're standing in the entryway of the glass mansion once again. You hear soft music playing from the gramophone that is spinning. Uh, you're once again in... Uh, It doesn't look the same, but it looks similar 
to the, the living room you were in in the 1920s. You imagine it's a little bit later. There is a brief moment of silence as we all come to realization that we've changed location. And then Ellis just starts fucking screaming. No real words, but kind of like syllables almost. And they pull the push knife out of their boot again. And any shadow that there is, they're just slashing through it and like fighting through. Uh, they don't like being seen or known or considered in any kind of significant way. So they've got like a push knife in one hand and the club in the other, and they are just swinging, trying to get any of the the faceless or the monsters that might be in the corner out and looking back and making sure the, that the, the other two are still in the light and just absolutely screaming at the top of their lungs. I think at some point they probably go and like kick over the gramophone. Um, because there was gramophone music on the boat too. And I think that they think maybe that's something with it. I think any similarity to the boat they're trying to destroy. And when there's nothing like that to destroy, it's shadows all across. When Andrew comes to and he sees Ellis just start going crazy and start smashing everything, he drops to his knees and just kind of puts his hands over his ears and just says, it's not real. It's not real. It's not happening. It's not happening just kind of like sits there and tries to just make it all go away. Gary, when and if uh, I, I kind of come out of this fugue state, um, would it would I be able to try to use psychotherapy to get through to Ellis? Yeah, I think I think you're hearing all of the screaming and slicing almost as if you had like like pillows over your ears very very muffled you're just hearing it like it's miles away and it's you're realizing you're focusing on the music you just hear the music in your head louder than anything else and then when they kick over the uh when they when they kick it over and the music stops i think that's when you kind of snap um snap back into it and you you're you're seeing it's not real, it's not real, it's not real. Uh, Chen just on mm -hmm. his knees and you're seeing Ellis still just swinging the knife at shadows. Seeing that Ellis probably poses the, the most inadvertent threat to everybody right now, Pike is gonna actually like, like, I think he's reluctant to set the shotgun down, but he like, he tucks it under his arm and, and with his hands up, just says, Ellis, Ellis, I need you, I need you to stay with me. I need you to stay with me. They're, they're, they're in the me. shadows, they're gonna get us. They said you can't, you can either join or you go through and they're there, they're in the shadows. They're not here anymore. You're, I'm here with you. You're here with me. Just, I need you to breathe. I need you to breathe. The artists, the artists can see them and we're not artists, so we just have to stop them. I need you to breathe. I need you to breathe. And I'll roll psychotherapy. Let's do it. That's a failure. That's an 84 to 70. Oof. We knew it was coming. <laughs> we did. We did. I think there's a moment, Ellis, where you're hearing the words and you're nodding. And you're like, you're right. You're right. And then much like that scene in Insidious, where you oh. see the thing right behind, uh, you see half of a faceless mask right behind 
Agent Pike. That's fair. I love that. Ellis's logic flees them again, and they just let out what can only be a roar and take one of the throwing knives and throw it at the face. Um, Amazing. Yeah, I'll say go ahead and roll athletics. Um, I'm not going to give you a penalty since your your reaction, your like your breaking point reaction is violence. I'm going to say you're at no penalty for this. Nice. It's muscle memory since I was a child. So generous, Carrie. Thank you, because it is Pike's face. Yep, thirty-nine. We're good. Oh, thank God. You, Pike. You feel, you feel like the wind, the air, as you can hear. As it goes past your ear, you hear it change just for a moment, as it's completely covering your ear itself, and then <laughs> flies past. You hear it slam into the wall on the other side. I got it. I got what do it. Do? It was behind you, and I got it. It's okay. It's okay. You're safe. Go to the light. Go to the light. They're, they can't get you if you're not in the shadows. Ben, I need your help here. I need your help here, man. <gasps> not real. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. You're. He- <sighs> you don't know fucking anything, Chen. I don't want to. I don't want to know. I don't want to know, Ellis. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna walk over and just like gently try to get Chen to his feet and say and and just very quietly, it's okay. It's okay. We're. You're here now. I'm with you. We're gonna get through this. I just need you to focus. I need you to be here with me. I can't do this alone. Hmm. So I'm not. I'm not temporarily insane or anything. But I also feel like I could use some uh, help <laughs> from okay. Hike. Um. So maybe. Another, another psychotherapy <laughs> roll. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's. We're doing it live. <laughs> It was going to happen at some point. Yeah, 79. 79 out of 70. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. And okay. I'm, I'm going to, like, run away from you. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, you you push away, like, push off yeah. into the other. Here's what happens. Since everyone is doing so fucking poorly right now, here is what happens. As you uh, go to scoot away from Agent Pike, you bump into the table, and one of the, like, lamps that are on the table rocks shakes falls and the bulb shatters and darkness encases that side of the room causing ellis to kind of react to that corner even even harder and there's this moment pike where you're you're trying to talk to both of them you're trying to calm them down and it is just not working i need willpower rolls from all of you that's absolutely fair i rolled a 38 under 75. 65 over 60. 54 over 50. Oh, no! <laughs> that bless. Run, 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 run. Amazing. Run. Amazing. Yeah, so so Chen has, like, backed all the way up against this wall on the other side, scooting past the broken glass of the lamp. Uh, I, 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 the way I'm thinking about this, actually, is, like, I've, I've just, like, gone on all hands and knees, and, like, I'm getting cut all over the place with all this broken oof. glass, so, like... My hands are and they're just getting really just torn up. As I'm getting yeah, right. and like Pike, you are you have this sense of resolve to you as as you're like, no, I I can't let this situation get out of control. What is Ellis's reaction? Is Chen going toward the darkness or toward the lighter part of the room? Or the darkness. Uh Ellis, he is the most familiar thing that Ellis has right now. And Ellis launches themselves 
I think they've still like I think they they've got their their two weapons in their hands, but they kind of launch themselves after Ellis and try to just kind of like get a forearm around like shoulder to under the other the opposite armpit and start yanking him back toward the light and just don't you fucking dare you stupid motherfucker you stay with us you stay in the light god damn it it's not my fault it's not my fault <sighs> chen are you are you fighting this or are you letting yeah, them drag you i'm fighting this okay time. i need opposing roles from the two of you then strength or <laughs> athletics whichever however you think your character would fight against this, I will allow. 63 mm. under 70. Can I attempt to dodge? Yes. Okay. Uh, 41, no, 14 under 50. 14. So, technically, I think technically doesn't Ellis still win? Because I have the higher. Because it's higher. To... Okay. Yeah, so you... You do, like, shove yourself to try to dodge out of the way. Yeah. And it's not exactly that Ellis is faster, necessarily. It's just Ellis is fueled by fear and pure aggression at this point. Uh, and does exactly that. Wraps their arm around you and just drags you back into the light, kicking and screaming, basically. And as I'm kicking and screaming, I'm, like, scrabbling my hands all over their face with this, like, these bloody hands that are just covering them. Oh wow, yeah, I don't is... think Ellis oh. notices. I think they're I think they're fully. I think they've probably got like some cuts on their knees from trying to like trying to like pick him up. Uh-huh. Uh it is an ugly scene. Get away. Get away. Get away. Come I don't want to be here. Come on. You don't ah. need to die here. As a last ditch effort to try to just break through their respective psychoses at this point. Um, Pike is just going to point the shotgun into the fireplace and let off around. Amazing. There is all of this shouting between the two of you, and then you both jump, and mm. the room falls silent for a moment. It's not that you're no longer freaked out. It's not that you're no longer scared. It's it's not that you no longer want the things that you want, but your senses have come back. Mm-hmm. At least, at least enough to not be attacking each other. Um, and all of you kind of stop. And the floor is yours. Chen, you feel Ellis's arms, arm around you tighten, uh-huh. almost like it's a hug. Uh-huh. And then almost as soon as you realize that, they're shoving you off them <laughs> and standing up. And as Andrew picks himself back off the floor, just looks around, what what was that? What happened? I saw I saw those winged creatures you talked about, Pike. I saw dozens of them. But I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. And and all I could hear was that it was it was our fault. It was that we were foolish humans and I I just I don't know what to do. I was in a uh, I was in a void. I couldn't see anything, but I heard a clock. And I heard that voice. It was like genderless. It was, it was two voices speaking at the same time. Yeah. Same like, yeah. And it said, 
it's it's hard for us to accept new truths because of science and religion and that the saying it is what it is makes no sense it's false because time is not a straight line sometimes cause happens because of effect cause happens because of effect and we're running out of time already because we've spent eternity here uh it told me that humans can't think up things that don't exist and when artists see monsters they're just seeing things that they've seen, but they don't think they've seen. Um, and then there was a figure with a mask, but it was, it was, it didn't have eyes, it didn't have a mouth, it was just melted. And, and there, there are dozens of them, they're just, they don't have a face. They're nothing, they're, they're just bodies like those those arms we saw and and then and then it said that the only we have to make a choice we have to make a choice to join the faceless join the collection or find a way out and the only way out is through and then there was just nothing it was just it was just it was just just nothing and the things are in the nothing, so we can't go near the nothing or they'll get us. So we just have to stay in the light. That's how we get through. That's the choice is we we just stay in the light. And then there's nothing to get us and there's no collection to go to because the collection only exists in the darkness. So we just stay in the light. And that's it. Or... But the only way out is through. Haven't we been through? Aren't we done? We're through. We're we're done. We're we're through. It's done. We're through. It's done. Right? Something happened. Either cause happens because of effect. Something happened at some point in time. We brought these things here. We brought these things to us. We brought these things through. And now we're paying the price. It's our it is our fault. And these are things that have existed. And what what do you think, Pike? I didn't do anything. I mean, a you month didn't. ago, I didn't. I didn't even know this all existed. That's ridiculous. You're saying that I caused this. You caused this. Is that what you're saying? Royal no, don't ask. Someone. Someone didn't. If we're unstuck in time. We go through it and maybe we can get to a point where we can stop it from happening. We can stop. We can stop the effect before the cause. Stop the cause before the effect. Agent Pike, as you're saying this, you catch movement out of the corner of your eye and you see a person. You see a woman in a nightgown has moved to look into this room with a six-shooter aimed in this room with a, with a shaking hand. You see immediately fear on her face. And you see she's aiming the gun in the room with one hand holding, trying to keep the other hand steady. And her tired eyes are just piercing into yours as you turn and meet her gaze. Who are you? What are you doing in my house? My name is Paul. 
My name is Paul. Ma'am, I'm so sorry. I, we don't know how we ended up here. Are you, is your last name Glass? You see, still trembling, her, like, defensive eyes and protective stance completely change, and you see her face instead reads with despair and dread, as if she's known this day would come for a while now. The gun lowers, and she tries to fake a little smile, but she seems too tired to do it. As she's looking, she's looking at each of your faces as if she recognizes you. She says in a sad voice, I, I can brew some coffee, or, or do you prefer tea? And we can talk, and she motions to the couch. Coffee would be great. I'll take coffee if you've got it. Please. Have a seat. My name is Victoria Glass. She turns and walks off towards the kitchen. And you feel... Almost as if you, it's kind of this feeling of like when you were a kid and you spent hours outside playing in the snow Mm -hmm. and then you came in, got into new clothes and you're sitting in your warm, safe house. That's kind of how you're feeling right now, this warmth in your chest. Yeah, I think, I think for the first time and I mean, it's got to be shit. 48, almost 72 hours at this point, at least in Pike's perception. Yeah. He sits down for the first time and just with that that shotgun on his lap, just kind of feels all that tension and fear and anxiety just kind of seep out of him and back into the couch and just for for just the briefest of moment feels maybe not safe, but, but calm. After a few moments, um, a tray is brought in with coffee and tea set, hands still kind of shaking. You can hear the cups clinging against the tray itself as she sets those down. And as she's beginning to hand you your cups, she says, I've seen you. I've seen you in the dark corners and I've seen you behind me in the mirrors ever since we moved into this house as if the house always somehow knew you belonged to it. Who are you? My, uh, my name's Paul Voss. A- Andrew Chen. Laura. Ellis. Ellis hasn't sat down. They're kind of pacing and kind of keeping themselves almost interposed between the shadows and the others um, in the room. They haven't dropped their kind of bite energy. As I said, my name is Victoria Glass, and usually I would say it's a pleasure to meet you, but if you're in this deeply, I'm, I'm not sure I can say that with a full heart. Appreciate the sentiment, nevertheless. When is it for you? 
She's looking around and it's 1922. I'm sure you have many questions and I'm not certain that I can answer all of them, but I can try. This place at least owes you that. And she's kind of looking around at the house itself. Let me start with the house. This house is... Well, it's special. I used to think it was haunted because I, I would see things in mirrors and I would hear things at night, but it's not haunted. It's so much more than that. It has only tried to help, I think. The house shows you things, what was and what will be and what is now, but a different now than the one you exist in sometimes. Does that make sense? It it tries to confuse you, to make it so you never leave. To trap all the evil inside. It exists without... without the perception of time, or even death. I don't know why it's this house, and I don't know if it will ever stop, but I know many evils are trapped here. And she kind of glances at the, the shadows that you've been wary of, Ellis. Those creatures that you've seen um, with the wings and, and the terrible screeching, and she only looks at Pike when she says this, kind of glances at Chen, but mm -hmm. looks back at Pike. They're trapped here, same as we are. I, I'm not sure what brought them, but there are other things in here far worse than them. And I think what's doing this is the worst thing of them all. The creatures have adapted to this place much quicker than we have. They, they learn to use the mirrors much faster. And she kind of glances over to the gold-framed mirror that is on the wall. They could move through them long before we could because, well, they didn't know not to try. They didn't know that it should be impossible. But what we think we know is wrong and maybe it always has been. I don't know what is making this house be the way that it is, but I know that this faceless thing is behind it. This faceless is, is the worst. It was someone very bad, and, and I don't know how I know that. It's like, it's like when you just know things in a dream sometimes. But this place, or, or maybe it itself, doesn't want us to know who it is. Which is someone very bad. There are some questions that nobody should ever learn the answers to. Like, and, and with this, she's she's kind of beginning to... She has her tea in her hand, but she stands up and she's almost like pacing as she's saying this. As if she's been waiting lifetimes to tell this to someone. If you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you turn off the light... Where does your mirror self go? 
are they still there, or are they thrust into the dark oblivion until you turn the light back on? Is that what this place is? The place where we go when the lights are off? The place we go when we dream? And when you wake up every day, how do you know you're on the same side of the mirror you were on when you went to sleep? Do you know whose voice you hear inside your head? Because it's not yours, not really. And then she turns back and looks pointedly at Pike and says, Everything is so out of order lately. So out of order. And she reaches down, if you allow it, and, and puts her hand just just on top of like the back of your hand and, and says looking into your eyes, out of order. As if that is somehow important. And then she leans back up and she says, there are some questions nobody should learn the answers to, but what if we were stubborn enough to find them? And what if the answers broke the world? That's why this house is still here, still standing in whatever year you're from. Still trying to contain the evils. Trying to contain the answers. We can't end it. Not really. Not for good. There's nothing to end because there is no beginning. Not for us and not in a way that makes sense to us. This ending, this beginning, it belongs to somebody else. Your house is a vortex plug. It's kept in a loop to keep other things out, so... No, no, not to keep things out, to keep things in. Contained. Contained. Who built it? You don't it? know Arthur Glass, but it's 1922 for you. And you're Victoria Glass. I've been here alone for a long time. This version, this house that you're seeing, it's not from my life. It's from, well, I, I used to think it was my afterlife, but I don't remember dying. I'm just here, waiting for you, waiting for this. I mark the days, I count the years, but I know nothing of what it's like on the other side of the mirror. I can help you. I think that's why I've been here this whole time. I can help you get back to those poor women out of their own time, and I can help you, and she motions to Ellis and Chen, I can help you get back to your own time, your own city, but you have to trust me. And then she looks back to Pike. They need your help. They're still alive? For now. And she kind of glances over to the mirror as if seeing something that you're not. But they don't have long. Can we trust who I work for? I 
I would like for you to make a roll for this. It's a 13. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. She, again, glances over at the mirror and looks very confused. Like, she doesn't understand a lot of the information that she just received. You didn't see any information come to her, but she looks confused over at you. This all started for you because you were on a mission of some sort, yes? Yes. Yes. And you all work for the same company, yes? No. The, the same... She glances back over at the mirror. Program? Yes. Well, I can tell you, Paul, was it? Yeah, Paul. This mission that you're on, it wasn't given to you by the program. Everything's but... fallible, even the fucking program. How could you know this, Miss Glass? How could you know about the things from our world? A lot of information comes in a lot of different ways. Just like I know. I know there will be a lot of... Paul, if you don't get back soon, everyone will die. Miss Glass, there was a name on the side of a building. Mars Core. Does this mean anything to you? No, not to me. Maybe the house just hasn't shown me. Can you get me back? Can you get them home? I can get you all to where you need to be, but the house only lets you go if you can push past your torment. I can get you through, and she motions to the mirror. But it won't be pleasant. Pleasant left a long time ago. And Chen just nods. <laughs> She holds out her hand. I'm going to look to Chen and Alice. If I don't see you again, you just take care of yourselves, okay? You too, Pike. Good luck. Don't join the collection. Not if I can help it. And he will reach out and take Victoria's hand. It's warm and, and kind and inviting, and she just holds on to your hand for a moment, walks over, and you see her touch the mirror and close her eyes. And there's a moment where you can see at her touch, you see the mirror ripple slightly. 
and then you're able to look through it and see something totally different. You can see... It's almost like when you turn a camera onto um, the screen that it's looking at, how it just keeps going and going. You see an infinity of mirrors. And Victoria squeezes your hand and says, It's all right. You have to go through. Are you ever going to be able to leave here? I don't think so. But... I've probably seen you a hundred times before today. And I'll see you a hundred more after. Keep fighting the good fight. And she lets go of your hand. Go through. You walk through. As you're walking through, you, I mean, you do see an infinity of mirrors and you can't help but turn to look between them. And you see a million different possibilities. You see in one specific shard of glass of a fractal time, you know what you need to do. You know how you need to move forward. And as you turn and you look into another fractal of glass, you see Agent Wendigo stepping out of a car. He heads around to the back of the car. He has blood all over his hands. You see him open the trunk, get out a knife, get out his gun, tuck it behind him. You see him walk over to the back seat open the door, you see him help Emily O'Hara out of the car. She is covered in even more blood than he is. You see him reach into the car and she screams at him. Don't touch her! I will not lay a finger on this woman. He steps back, surrendering his hands. You see, almost as if coming coming into frame, you see someone walking forward with a woman in her arms, gun to her head. You don't know who these people are. And you see Rose Claythorne come out of the car and Rose and Emily pull Peggy's dead body from the back seat. They are surrendering to this woman that has a gun to this other woman's head. As they step forward, you hear almost as if from underwater, you made the right choice. And then you watch as this woman aims the gun at Emily O'Hara and fires. Aims the gun at Rose Claythorne and fires. Aims the gun at Agent Windigo and fires. And you know you have to go right now. And you shove yourself towards that tiny, tiny shard of glass, just hoping, hoping that your mind 
can withstand going through it. Ellison Chen. You've watched Agent Pike step through. The moment the moment the the last half of his boot goes through, it's just a mirror again. Mm-hmm. And she looks to you and she holds out her hand for the both of you. And Chen will step forward, take her hand. And instead of saying what Pike said, he just says to her, I'm sorry. Her face breaks for just a second, and then she continues with a kind smile and just nods. Are you ready to go through? Yes. She holds onto your hand, touches the mirror once again. Chen goes through, and then she reaches out to Ellis. Ellis kind of makes their way through all of the um, the furniture and realizes they never took their tea. So I think out of like a weird sense of politeness, they're going to like take and just down their tea in one. That was really good. Thank you. Um, and I'll take her hand, but then I'll kind of pull up when she starts to motion toward the mirror and say, has the big one, the scary, the one in charge, the porcelain mask, does he ever ask you about nails? About nails? No. On the ship, I heard someone ask what happens to nails that get hammered in all wrong. that mean anything to you? Not to me, but I think this place collects time. It collects moments. It collects phrases. Maybe that is just a phrase stuck. Do you want to be here alone? I would much rather be here alone than have someone else stuck with me. Come too. I've tried to leave. Just hold on to one of us the whole way, and then we can't get ripped apart, right? I can give it a try. I'll uh, I'll take our hands from where they were clasped like this, and then I'll mesh our fingers together for an even tighter hold. And I'll I'll step through and keep my hand through the mirror until I feel her coming with me. Okay, you step through, fingers interlocked together, and as you push through, you see that same thing—just an infinity of mirrors—and it's almost like 
you can look over and you can see the one that Chen is waiting on the other side. Even though it's so small, you can almost see the entirety of him waiting for you. I need you to make a willpower roll, please. 44 under 50. Nice, okay. nice, nice. Um, you are... You, you feel... Resistance. Not in the fact of, like, she is pulling. You just feel almost like you're fighting against a really powerful magnet as you are trying to pull her. And... You're finding yourself, as you're fighting this, you're being pulled further and further away from Chen. Further and further away from that shard, that fractal of existence. But you're closing, you close your eyes and you're focusing. You just want... to bring her with you. You just want her to be out of that lonely nightmare. And as you open your eyes, you still feel a hand squeezed in with yours. But you look over and it's Chen's hand. I was gonna bring her too. When, when the fuck did this happen? And I throw his hand away. Ellis, we made it. We made it back. Why Why do you look like that? Aren't you excited? Aren't you happy? She's alone. She's been alone for so long. She'll be alone for so long. She is alone forever and always has been. And we could have helped her and she's stuck. She's stuck with all the monsters. not fair. I, I don't think Ellis, I don't think Andrew has any response to that. I think he just looks at you and just goes quiet. I think there's like a moment even after Ellis has thrown Chen's hand away and like hearing that silence and not him trying to justify it mm -hmm. and they just kind of tilt their head forward until it's resting on his shoulder for a minute mm -hmm. either to comfort or for comfort I don't think they even know but they eventually pull back up and nod toward wherever we're supposed to go I, back. I, I think we see like the camera pulling up Kind of as Ellis rests their head on Chen's shoulder, the camera begins kind of like pulling up and away to where we only see two just hard to see figures as Ellis's head comes off of Chen's shoulder and you stand up and you begin moving forward. Agent Pike. 
as you push through this tiny shard, there's a moment where you're aware that your mind itself seems to be splitting. It seems to be being ripped into two halves. And suddenly, your whole reality is different. It's all you've ever known to be a doctor. It's all you've ever known to work in this psychiatric facility. And it's all you've ever known to work on case number 7349. It's all you've ever known as you look out at all of your patients. You look out at the ones that think they're from a different time. You look out at the ones that think they work for some secret government organization. You can help them. It's all you've ever known to be a doctor. And that is where we are going to end our session. Oh, hmm. Harry Smith. Holy <laughs> shit. Why is your brain like this, dude? I it's don't bro- know. <laughs> It's, it's mir- rad it's as fuck, but what the brilliant. hell, man? Brilliant. Absolutely fucking brilliant. And that's when you're realizing it's hard to tell where the horizon is. And you feel one little drop of rain. You feel another little drop and another little drop and slowly, but all at once, you're realizing those aren't clouds. The sea is wrapped up all the way around you. The sea is the sky. The drops that are raining down, it's like sea foam after slamming into rocks. You're feeling a drip and a drip and a drip and you hear the sound as if you're just deep deep in the ocean as the ocean swirls around the ship itself i want to get away from this fucking water can you stand i don't know <laughs> get up I, I, and i'll just I, like pull him onto yeah. my shoulder yeah andrew's like i think you're gonna have to carry me fucking walk <laughs>